Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sacred Hoops Podcast. We got a pretty cool topic tonight. Actually, something that we've—it's been brought up to us quite a few times from yep. parents and fellow coaches about really wanting us to get a set of officials on here to talk about different things. And um, we're really pleased tonight to be joined by three guys that I have a high level of respect for. One guy that I used to get to chew chew butt all the time when I was <laughs> coaching at Chamberlain. So I, I apologize for that on that one. I'll say that before we get started tonight. But uh, joined by Aaron Entringer, who's who's a very well-respected official in uh, East River, South Dakota. Chris Long, who's done just a gazillion state tournaments and might be a better golfer than he is a rep, but we will talk about that in a different podcast. And then and then uh, Steve Scapel, who who I've got to know him really well in Flandreau, and, and, and again, another highly respected official. So I want to welcome all three of you guys tonight to to the podcast. So tonight, the main purpose, uh, we want to we wanna talk about a variety of topics. So we're going to bring a lot of things up, let you guys kind of discuss some things as officials, and and uh, I think this is going to be a good one, Sam. I really yeah, absolutely. We get a lot of questions, you know, about officiating and you guys know we get a lot of complaints about officiating and to be able to bring some people in here with some actual knowledge um i mean al will talk about it all day but i've seen him ref and it's horrible so to have some guys in that actually know what they're talking about is is a, it means a lot so thank you very much for coming in yeah i want to start off just real quickly if, if each one of you could just maybe talk a little bit about um how long you've been officiating basketball and uh, why why the heck did you sign up to get your butt chewed every Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday night, and sometimes Mondays as well? So, uh, Aaron, we'll start with we'll start with Aaron. All right, um, started uh, after high school when I was in college. Um, my uncle Pete, he's he's also a referee. He kind of got me involved with it, and uh, I kind of started it just because of something to do in college. Kind of set your schedule, make a little extra cash back then. Well. Now we do it for different reasons. It's a lot, it's a lot, a lot different now. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was in college, so I've been doing it oh probably 16, 17 years now. So set goals and you just keep going. It's a lot of fun. Nice, yeah. Chris. How about you, bud? Um, kind of same thing. It's, it was a family thing for us. Um, kind of one of the things officiating you see a little bit is there is a lot of those family connections. Whether it was a dad that refed. Uh, whether it was an uncle, uh, there's a lot of those connections in the officiating realm. So that's that's a kind of a neat connection that, that Aaron just shared there. And uh, same with me, my dad was an official forever, um, would still be doing it, I think, if he could mm -hmm. physically. He's he uh, he's at all the games, comes and watches them. Um, I think my first year as a certified or a registered official was 2002, um, but uh, I was refereeing before that too as well. So, you know, heck, we're already 2020. So, I mean, I, I have 20 plus years at this point. So time flies when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Steve, how about you, bud? Uh, I was actually stationed in Montana in the Air Force, uh, playing a lot of amateur basketball. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, as time went on, guys started uh, separating and getting different orders going elsewhere. And before I knew it, our base basketball team, I was about the only one left. Um, so the guys that officiated came and approached me, asked if I wanted to get into it, uh, make a little extra money, 20 years old. So, yeah, so started doing it then. Uh, Moved back home, got out for a couple of years, uh, moved to Flandreau, and uh, was approached by a couple guys, and uh, Dale Charts is one of them. Uh, got me into it, got registered, and kind of started tagging along, went to a jamboree, and yeah, it's been, this will be my seventh year now in South Dakota this year, so it's been great, it's been a lot of awesome. fun. 
So the cool thing is we, we got three officials here tonight with over a combined total of over 40 years of officiating experience. So I, I, it allows us to really to kind of deep dive into what we want to talk about tonight. So I'm just going to get started right now, whether, whether you guys like it or not. All right. So, um, man, you know, when I was a coach for 17 years as a head basketball coach, you, you stand on the sideline and, and you don't ever really pay attention to what's happening behind you. And, and that's a lot like you guys, I'm sure. You know, most people sit in the crowd and they do a lot of yelling and screaming and they think that they're really getting to you and you don't even know what they're saying. But now, being out of it in the wintertime for, f for five years, I, I average about 100 basketball games a winter that I get to watch. So I get to sit in amongst a lot of people and you get to hear a lot of things. So I, wanna, I want to give you guys an opportunity before we get into the real deep stuff tonight. As the season starts here, we're a couple days away, guys, from the first tip-off of the 2019-2020 basketball season. What are some of those common myths that I'm going to let you guys talk about? The common things that you know you hear from people, from coaches, even from our own coaches on the sidelines, mm -hmm. that maybe aren't rules or things that people don't quite fully understand when it comes to the rules of the game of basketball that you would like to let our parents and athletes and even some of our coaches who are watching tonight. I'll let any three of you guys kind of start with that. I guess one of the main ones that you hear all the time is uh, over the back. It's not a foul. If you go higher than the person in front of you, it's not foul. You got to have contact. That's that's one of the biggest ones I hear all the time from the crowd, from coaches, every level. It's it's all over. So that one for me, I hear a lot. Okay. So. All right. I think that's the easy one to take. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad that's why I went first. That's, that's good. That. Um, yeah, that, that's obviously the one we hear a lot. You know, I think the biggest thing is is that um, lots of times people are up there. They're into the game. They, 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 they have a vested interest in the outcome. Um, the three guys or the two guys or the gals on the court really don't. Um, I kind of look at us as being a third team out there. We're, we're competing just like everybody else's. We're trying to do the best we can to get things right, to keep the game going well. Um, you know, so lots of times, you know, one, we don't hear a lot. Um, and two, it's just mostly comments that I think are just knee-jerk reactions that if it looks weird or if it doesn't look right, it's a travel or it's a double dribble or it's a push, you know, because they got to remember when we're out there, we're not watching the basketball game per se. We're watching what our responsibility is. And so I think people catch the ends of things a lot of times. And then this is the first thing that comes to their head, they say. So it's not necessarily a rule. It's not necessarily a misconception. I just think that they don't realize that um, we're watching a, a situation develop. We're seeing hopefully most parts, a whole part of a play, a whole part of a rebound, a whole part of a dribble whereas they might not catch that. And so what looks to them to be not right because it didn't go for their team, they're just going to say something. Yeah. Um, so we realize that they're vested in it. They have, a, they have a vested interest in the outcome. And, and so lots of times, more than being upsetting at what they say, it's kind of comical. So you just kind of you sit back and you, you digest it, and, and then you run to the other end, and you kind of look at your partners, and we all smile at each other, and we move on. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, they took some pretty easy ones there. Uh, to piggyback a little bit on what Chris was talking about, um, you know, all three officials that are on the court, for the most part, you're going to see three man crews. Um, we each have our own area to watch. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times fans are watching the ball, which also, you know, gets into that tail end of the play type scenario. Um, so a lot of times you go over, you see a foul, or you're off the ball. And you go over the table, and all of a sudden you hear, you got a bunch of people yelling at you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That had nothing to do with anything. Well, it does. I mean, you're, you're, there's a lot of different things that go into the aspect of it um, other than what happens around the basketball itself. So that's that's one thing where you just 
look a little bit more off ball as opposed to watching just the ball. So. One of the biggest things that I hear a lot, and then I'll, I'll let Sam have a couple questions here. I'll let Sam talk for a little bit tonight. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the things that I hear a lot, and, and even when I was coaching, I would hear it from especially young, inexperienced coaches, is uh, you would hear the th terms of uh, favoritism or those officials really like Reffing for that school, or they 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 already predetermined who's going to win the game, or just you know again, people who are vested in situations, they 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 come up with things and all that. So, I want you all to talk about your guys's preparation going into a game. What goes through your minds as you're sitting in the locker room, getting prepared, getting ready to take the court. Even during the day, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot like almost being an athlete. When you guys have a big game on Friday night, you know it's a big game. And so if you want to talk a little bit about how you guys prepare for that first game Friday night and that game on Saturday, you got to do It's not just you guys getting in the car and showing up and throwing the stripes on like a YMCA game on a Saturday afternoon. So if you want to talk a little bit about the preparation, you guys have to each go through leading up to the season and, and also for the game aspect as well. Um, before every game, we have a pregame in the locker room as officials. Uh, a big thing that we talk about is uh, your coverage areas, staying in your primary area as far as what position you are, um, different things like that. As the season progresses, we have a little better scouting report on each team. We don't care who wins. We, that's not going to affect our outcome of the night on what team wins what game. And if you know the best player on the team gets 30 points or gets three points, that, that stuff doesn't matter. Um, our main goal is to stay consistent from tip to st from tip to end on everything straight across the board and to be the best team on the court because as chris talked about we're, we're we like we're like a third team mm -hmm. and we want to make sure we're all on the same page and we're doing what we need to do for the best interest of everybody on the court so. yeah i can do that um it's probably now six weeks we've been you know doing our uh what's required for us to ref for the state, you know. Um, we have to pass a test, so we, you know, do that. We have a mechanics test and a rules test. Um, and then you also have to go to two region meetings a year, and they are, uh, they started, I think, the middle of November, and then they'll continue until January, so we have time to go to them. And we're encouraged to go to, obviously, more than two, mm -hmm. and we try to get to as many as we can. So just prep like that. Like uh, last night I was at a jamboree in town, help out, you know, mm -hmm. just get your mind on basketball and get prepared for the year, you know. Sure. Sure. I just think the other thing to throw in there is that um, we're, we're constantly trying to get better at what we do. Um, probably the most beneficial parts of being an official are when you get done with the game and you replay the game in your head. And lots of times, it's, it's fun when you travel to games, and, and we have the opportunity a lot of times to travel to games with our partners. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not able to, but when you go to the, together as a, as a group of three, uh, contrary to maybe what people believe, we get in the car afterwards and we, we go through the game again. Um, whether it was right away after the game in the locker room or whatever, and we talk about plays and we talk about um, challenges that happen in the game. And I think everybody thinks that we just pat each other on the back and say, great call, great call. We're, we're pretty critical of each other. Um, and I think the biggest thing is that nobody realizes is that referees individually are probably their biggest, um, are probably more critical of themselves than anybody mm -hmm. could be, than a coach could be, than, than, a, than a colleague could be. 
referees are very critical of themselves, and I think that we get done with games, and sometimes we realize we maybe didn't have as great a game as we'd like to see. So the neat thing is when you get in the car and you talk plays, and the only way to get better um, at being an official is to see plays and to referee plays, much like as a player. How do you yeah, get better? Yeah. You, you have a repetition. You, you do it over and over again. The same thing with officiating, and I think people have to also realize that is when you see a new official out there and you know they're a new official, you have to expect that things won't necessarily go as well um, as they do at other times because it's a, it's a learned skill. Um, mm -hmm. And to this day, the great thing about refereeing is uh, part of the game is the teams do things well, they make mistakes. Um, coaches do things well, they make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Referees do things well, they make mistakes. And I think that's the big part of that everybody has to wrap their head around is when it's a competitive environment like that, um, is that nobody's going to be perfect and everybody's striving to do the best they can. And when we miss a call, I've missed them before, they've missed them before, uh, we're the most critical mm -hmm. of that than anybody. Um, and, and we feel bad about it. So um, it's one thing that we work on, and that's probably the biggest way to get better is, is learning through doing. Yeah, so, experience. Yep. Experience. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfect. It's just like any player. It's just like when you put a freshman in, they're, they're going to make mistakes. I mean, everybody knows that, anybody that watches the game. So, And then another thing is you're trying to be consistent because in my mind, I say it all the time, like the best referee is a consistent referee from beginning to end. Um, players need to kind of sometimes change the way that they're going to play depending on how the game is being called. But if a referee is calling the game the same from beginning to end, in my mind, that's about the best you can possibly do. So That's a great point. Yep. That's I agree, guys. Um, I have a question on, especially once we're getting into the season here, on communication, both from the players' uh, standpoint and the coaches' standpoint. What's the right way to talk to an official? What's the wrong way to talk to an official? I'll go because I got the microphone in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the things that we've learned. Uh, I made my biggest mistakes as a young official on how I talked to coaches. Um, I didn't talk to them. Um, mm -hmm. You realize the referee when a coach is asking you a question or when they're making a statement. Um, and we're kind of taught if they're making a statement, um, uh, you just kind of you, you listen and you move on. If they have sure. a question, you try to answer it. I think the best thing is is that um, you know we want to have respectful dialogue. We we want to have uh, answer questions. Um, we know if a coach says something to us and, and they're upset about something, that's probably not the time to get into a dialogue about mm -hmm. it. Um, but you know, I, I think as long as it's a respectful thing and it's open minded, and we got to remember is that. I have to remember all the time because I get to coach football in the fall and I get to be critical of officiating. Yep. Um, I then I can put myself back into that role when I'm refereeing and going, oh, he's not mad at me. He's yeah. he's just he's competing and he's in a situation where he's trying to win a game because you got to remember the countless number of hours he's put in with this team. And so we we got to we got to re realize that as officials that it's never it's very seldom I should say is it personal. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a really good point. Like one of the best things you can do as a young coach is. To ref a couple games especially at the high school level I mean that's as fast paced as it gets and that's that makes it a lot tougher you realize how many mistakes or how many calls you miss how many things you don't see puts yourself in the other guy's shoes a little bit it's it's good practice well on that too I'm just I'm going to apologize to Dave Tate and Todd Palmer and Lee Johnson right ah. now because when I was a young coach I I probably bit on you a lot more than I ever should have. I, I, I think that's a good point because even as coaches, you start to understand the right way to talk to officials as you get more experienced. And you start to understand that me chewing your butt's not going to change the call. And, and it's not going to help things down the road either. So it's better off to have good dialogue as a coach with an official. Um, not that it's going to get you anywhere with the call or anything like that, but it, it, it allows me, when I do ask you a question, to have good feedback. And then in turn, I can help coach my kids and make them better exactly. in the end as well. So. That's, that's a great point, Chris. And, uh, you know, I think as far as uh, communication with players, uh, 
at the high school level especially, respect goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. uh, both from us to the players and the players to us. Uh, we're approachable. If, if you got a question about something, I mean, come ask us. We're more than happy to ask to let you know what you did wrong or how you can fix what you did wrong. Uh, coaches the same way. Everybody's everybody's addressed in a, in a respectful manner. Um, but a lot of times, kids are watching guys in the NBA, mm -hmm. you know, and they're showing up officials and they're yep. and that's that's what's that's what's shown to them through yep. social media, sure, uh, TV. You know, you see a lot of that, a lot of you know, and they can't really present that in a high school game with where they're at. Mm -hmm. And that that's just one one thing too. Well, I want to. I, I really want to ask this question because I think this is really important for our parents and our and our athletes, especially. But um, why do you guys really today? Um, you guys all have families. You guys all have lives. You all, you all work full time jobs. So, um, refereeing a lot of nights is almost an inconvenience. So let's let's be honest. I mean, you're you're scrambling to get off work quick to get in a car and hurry up and make a game and you probably got other things going on within your family that are you're, you're telling them hey this is gonna have to wait because i've got a game i gotta do why do you ref aaron why why do you officiate today i officiate just to uh give back to the game uh i've grown up playing sports since you know my whole life and uh to stay part of the game give back to the game um to help out the kids you know we're having we have a ref shortage right now it's coming yeah. up so yeah. it's just giving back and staying involved and that's why ref so. chris how about you you know uh, this is a good point for me to bring this up i think everybody's aware of the intricate classic that goes on up in mm -hmm. uh, brookings and mm -hmm. and and uh coleman every year and, and the amount of um the financial help and student aid that's went back to from that organization and, and that's all been run um you know, through officials up there, Jerry Beers and Scott and, and Aaron, of course, and, and tons of other people to mention on that. So I think that really shows a lot about what officials do it for mm -hmm. because they go to that, they work it, they, they referee it. Uh, they don't, they're not paid. Mm -hmm. they, they go up there and volunteer their time for that to, to benefit the kids. So, I mean, if anybody can say they do it to give back, that would be the, the Enterner family and things along those lines. So, I mean, for me, very similar. Um, there is a little bit of competitiveness part of it. I'm a pretty competitive person, and I think when you go out and you compete, and you're not competing against anybody per se, but you're trying to do the best job you can mm -hmm. to administer a contest, I think that's part of it because as a fact of getting old as I am, I don't have a lot of things I can compete in anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's real fun about it. And the other thing is is the the camaraderie, the relationship you build between coaches and, and fellow officials. And that yeah. might be the reason that people hang on yeah. in the tough times as they get older and as they see more things and realize they could spend their other time is what a great group of guys you referee with yep. and what a fantastic group of guys you get to realize with coaches because I can say this now there's not one coach that I don't enjoy being around yep. you know they might not like see me me see me come on the gym but I enjoy the coaches yep. too so that's yep. really that's a really cool part of it yeah I mean the giving back and the competitive thing I mean that that all rolls into um and you know the other thing too I think I can speak for Aaron and Chris too we're all we'd love to get into basketball um, and just still being able to be a part of it i'm with chris i'm probably too old and out of shape to be able to compete to be on the court playing anymore um but to still be part of the game the, just the atmosphere of a basketball game being on the court part of it there's really not anything that that matches it or is like it and mm -hmm. it's just it's an awesome experience so. well i want to bring up the next point which is really important um we're we're at an epidemic stage, and and I don't I don't want to try to make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal. This is a big deal. Um, 
we've been around the game for a long time, and, and right now I think um, – you know, boys basketball, especially in South Dakota, the number of young people playing basketball is at an all-time high in our state. Um, we are in a major shortage of officials. And, and I, I know a lot of guys who have been wanting to get out, and I'll use uh, Tom McGall, for example, who is one of the most well-respected officials. That I, I love Tom, and he's, he's a great man, and he's given his life since he got done coaching, refereeing basketball. He can't quit. And, and it's not – I mean, he would love to, I think, but uh, if he quits in that area, they, they may not have a game on a Tuesday or Friday night in central South Dakota. It used to be when I was refereeing – or when I was coaching in Chamberlain at one time, guys, Pierce, South Dakota had 26 certified officials. Chamberlain had 12. When I left Chamberlain in 2014, Pierce's numbers were cut in half and Chamberlain's was down to four. So they went from 36 to 16 officials in a matter of eight years. What can around, we do? Around Chamberlain, too. Yeah. You don't see, like, a direct correlation to uh, you coaching and yeah. <laughs> quitting. I mean, I just, I'm sorry, but now everybody's thinking it. So, uh, it's, sorry. <laughs> People know better. Um, what can we do? From your guys' standpoint, what are some things that we can do from officials that we can help build that gap and start to bring more people into officiating? You going first? That's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the first thing that we have to really look at is is getting it out there at a young as age as we can. Um, you know. A lot of people do want to try to break into officiating and they get out and we try to get them into programs. But here's the really hard thing about officiating. If you're a young official, let's just say early college and you're going to go and ref um, maybe at the Pentagon and, mm -hmm. and, and try to work some of those tournaments or whatever tournament might be, yeah. you're usually going to get paired up with a very similar person, a young ref. Um, two guys that have not seen or gals that have not really seen anything, that do not have the background. Um, and how intimidating is that first tough situation with a parent or coach when you don't have somebody that's been there before? Sure. Um, the most successful referees as far as the starting plan is getting them with veteran people that can work them through those situations, that can run some interference in those situations. Mm -hmm. um, when you don't have that, I have seen situations where both officials are in a very intimidating situation to begin with, yep. just trying to referee. And then they get put into a more difficult situation by the circumstances going on. And there's nobody to run interference. Yep. There's nobody there to say, this yep. is not acceptable. Yep. You guys not, yep. you need to stop this. And the very, very easy thing to do, which is human nature, is to say, no, I'm just, this is not for me. Yep. Um, so it's a mentor program, which they're trying to do. Um, it, is, it is a situation where we get people out and get them exposures. Um, but it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's not easy to find veterans that can take a part of their day to go do these things. And so... You know, I, I think that is probably the, the the magic bullet in the whole situation is how do we recruit one? Um, and the recruiting part has not necessarily been the issue; it's been the sustaining. Part. Yeah, sustaining. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yep. I think you lose people when yep. you don't put them in situations where they can be successful. And it is it really is. It's not a it's not a very easy situation to have a win when you have young officials having to go together. And then when you talk about the outside factors, which is all over the National Federation yep. of High School right now, of, of, and it's not coaches. They, don't, they hardly ever mention coaches as being the issue. And yeah. it's, it's not. Yep. They're, they have to be accountable to their ADs, and they have to be accountable to their schools. It's the parents yep. um, and the fans that are, that are very, very critical in a very inappropriate way that 
cause people to not want to fish eating. I agree. I agree. Aaron, your thoughts? Uh, Chris, he he covered covered that one well. Um, we've been trying to get officials, so that's like I said, it's a tough question because. Like, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it's, how it's, not, to do. it's not like you haven't tried. Yeah, we, I mean, we're trying. Yeah. You know, we have a, the mentor program. Uh, our region up in Brookings, where we have a lot of new ones. So we've always done this, but we're trying a little harder now as the veterans to take them out, talk to them once a week. So you have any questions? Yep. Sure. Just make them comfortable, sure. and hopefully that hopefully helps. that helps. You know, yeah. I mean, we don't know if it'll work, but you're trying. It's true. You're trying. trying. Exactly. Trying. Yep. You're trying. Steve? Yeah, I mean, they, it, it, that's pretty much all of it. I mean, the, the biggest thing, too, is that if it's for younger officials, new officials, rather, um, that, are, that are wanting to get in and have interest, uh, the biggest thing that you can set for your mind is just understanding you're going to take lumps just in anything. Anything new that you're trying, you're trying right. to learn, like even, even with, related to school. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pass everything with a straight A. You're going to have your downfalls and you're going to have your successes. Um, just to keep your chin up and understand that, okay, made a bad call, had a bad night, uh, got yelled at a lot. Well, you're going to have nights like that. Yep. We still have nights like that. Oh, yeah. Chris talked about it earlier. We, we still have nights where we just, you know, just didn't have a good game. Yep. We have nights where we have, good, we have great ones. Um, and that's just, that's another thing that if, if we can get that point across, um, the mentor thing I think is going to be a, a really good thing if, if it can get some traction and yeah. get going with it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just get these guys out, see some plays and gals. Um, just get the opportunity and give it a, give it a legitimate chance. Well, I would personally, I'm, I'm gonna throw my two cents in on this. Just being in the game for 24 years, I, I think I think, and I'm gonna call it a spade a spade. I think our activities association needs to step up. Um, I think anybody that's brand new coming in, I think all their officiating gear should be paid for and taken care of. I think one of the biggest expenses you have right away is all the stuff you need. Um, it eliminates some of that. I think automatically, I think the minimum any high, high school official should be paid to do any varsity contest is $100. Uh, we still got schools paying 65 70 bucks for someone to take three, four hours of their time. By the time you drive and get home, it, it, it's not worth it. And I know people don't do anything for money when you love it and it's passionate, but it also has to be worth your time. I think when it comes to training, whether you're a coach or an official or whatever, you have to have trained. I think our, our state at a state level can do more in regards to having actual referee schools and referee yep. clinics and camps. I know we do jamborees, which is really good, but we can do way more than that. Um, I know in a lot of other states, they actually have official camps where camps, uh, referees will go to camp for two days, and that's what they do. And, and I think that builds the capacity of people, and we all know that the more capacity you have, the more confidence you have, and the more confidence you have, the more you're going to be able to take those butt chewings and come back. But I think a lot of times what happens, and, and, and – um, to be honest with you, is we talk a lot about things and we just don't have action. And we expect other people to do it. So we're expecting our region coordinators to do it. We're expecting these other people to do it. When, when our state, and, 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 and I respect Dan and everybody at the state level a ton, but I, they've got the capacity and the finances to be able to make this happen. And I think if we, if we don't start having it more directed at that level, we're going to continue to have more and more shortages. We're going to have more and more expectations and responsibilities put on our veteran officials and we all know, I'm being a longtime educator, a lot of times the people who do the worst jobs are given the least amount of responsibility, and the ones who do the best jobs have more and more responsibility put on their shoulders and finally have enough and they quit. Yep. So I think we really have to, at the state level, have to step up um, to help our officials. I want—I got two last things before we go tonight. 
that I would like to bring up. Um, one, I do want to talk a little bit about the entering your classic, and, and we'll leave that at the very end if, if you guys are okay with that. Um, but I would like you guys, if, if you had an opportunity, and I'm going to give each one of you a different part here, but Aaron, I'm going to start with you. If you had an opportunity to have a room full of every single high school athlete that you're going to official, that you're going to officiate this year, and you got a chance to talk to them before the season started this year, what would your words be to those young athletes as an official? Um, I would just tell them to have fun and take advantage of the opportunity because don't know, you know, you don't get to do it forever, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, main part is just have fun, have fun when you're doing. So. Okay, I've known Chris a long time, so I'm 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 gonna give Chris the toughest one. Right. Okay. Um. You got a room full of every single parent that's gonna that's gonna watch you officiate this year and is gonna watch your young officials officiate. And you have a chance to talk to them before that first tip off Friday night, Chris. What do you say to those parents out out there that are gonna come watch the kids play? Yeah, I think the biggest thing you'd want to say to those parents, and and and, and I got to look at this from a parent perspective as well, is that you know go watch your kids play, um, and when you're done, they don't need to be told. Um, how bad the officiating was or how bad the coach's decisions were um, because we're, we're creating excuses for them at that point. Mm -hmm. um, you get to go, uh, and, and if you're not ready to have the, the, the talk at the end of the night and, and say what you need to say, wait till the next day. And they only need to hear one thing. is They, they need to hear, I love watching you play. Yeah. That's what they need to hear. Um, don't, don't you know, talk to them if they have questions, you know, but don't give them the chance to, to have the out of it. You know, if th this wouldn't happen, then that wouldn't happen because that's, that's life. Um, we, I think we can all sit back and and think of things that didn't go well for us. Yep. And we could think of, well, if, if this person would have done this a little bit differently, then it might have worked out well for us. Um, uh, but but I think then you just give everybody um, that, that victim mentality and, and, and it doesn't create the ownership we need. Because right now what our kids, coming from the standpoint of being a high school coach and being a high school administrator, what our, what our kids need now is um, just to know that they're loved and know that we enjoy watching what they do and then putting on the responsibility that sometimes when you make a mistake you gotta you gotta pull your bootstraps up and, and and do things a little bit better yourself the next time so I just hope the parents go and and really reflect on the fact of the opportunity that their kids have the the fact that they have a lot of great people that are going to coach them and the fact that they got a lot of people that want to dedicate their time to go out and officiate the games and make sure the games go well and, and teach them their skills in the off season with your guys's program there's so many things that our kids have nowadays that man if I would go back and get to be a kid again I would have really liked to yeah. have advantage of that, and we just don't have that now. Yeah. So I just hope parents realize that is that uh, that you know take what it's worth. You know, don't don't let it be about somebody else, and and, and enjoy the experience. True. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna give Steve the the, the the one that that's biggest to my heart. You got you got every single coach <laughs> that you're gonna that you're gonna be officiating this year in a room before Friday night. What do you what as an official do you want those coaches to know, Steve? Just let them know that we're in a way on the same team as they are. We're here to help their kids grow and learn the game of basketball just as much as they do. Uh, we're, not, we're not out to get them. You know, we're, we're, we're here for the kids and that's, that's what we're here for. I mean, yeah. that's why we do, that's why we officiate high school basketball. We love the game and we want to help stay involved with the game. We want to help that next generation enjoy their time while they're on the court competing. Perfect, perfect. So parents and coaches and athletes, uh, take that advice and run with it. I, I want to finish up tonight 
um, something I think is really awesome. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I coached for 17, 18 years, I didn't know a lot about the Interior Classic, being in coaching in Central South Dakota. You know, none of our teams participated in it. And so I really didn't know much about it until uh, we came over East River. And then my, my two daughters got to participate. My, uh, my oldest daughter actually was one of the scholarship. She, she was awarded a scholarship from the Interior Classic that our family is very grateful for. Um, this year it's on December 21st and the 28th. You got the girls classic and the boys classic. And um, I, the first time I went there, I was just it was it was overwhelming as a basketball person to see what the meaning behind it was. It was to me it was a lot bigger than just a game of basketball. It was really really cool. So, uh, Aaron, I know all three of you are a major part of the classic. Um, so if all three of you want to talk about it, but I know Aaron, it's near and dear to your heart. So. If you want to talk a little bit about the classic, why why it was started, what's behind it, how much money you guys have raised, and uh, just a little bit about this year as well. Okay, um, started 26 years ago because this is our 26th year that we're having it. Um, it's a memorial classic in honor of my dad, who was a longtime official. Um, the first year, there were six area teams that participated. Uh, they raised enough to give out two $250 scholarships. And this year will be year 26, and we've given out 999 scholarships, and it's at 100, or sorry, $856,000 in scholarships that Jeez. we've given out since then. Uh, last year we gave out 53 individual ones. Each one was $1,000 a piece. Wow. so it's amazing yeah yeah it's, awesome. it's uh there's a lot of people that have made this grow and it's it's getting bigger this year we added two more teams so we're up to 10 games uh in both classics the girls and the boys mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's just there's just a ton of support and really grateful for that well we're, we're grateful for it i think um, a lot of kids have benefited from it it's a great day of basketball if anybody is not do anything on the 21st and 28th. Get out and, and, and go support the kids. There's some big, big matchups. I know one big one that everybody's talking about on the 28th is the battle of Del Rapids with uh, Pub oh, and yeah. St. Mary's going to go at it. And I think that's going to be a packed house that night. So who's going to ref that game? Is what I want. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are you in on that one? I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say more than likely, Aaron, you're going to probably have about 2,000 people helping you referee that night. Probably. That's very true. <laughs> very true. I just um, I want to really say thank you to all three of you tonight for taking the time out of your schedule. Again, it just shows the dedication you guys have as not just officials but love, lovers of the game of basketball to come out and do this. It's one of the free nights you guys have leading up to the start of the season here. I was able to see a couple of these, couple of these dudes on Saturday referee college game that I went and watched too, so it was kind of nice to see them in action too. But I just want to say thank you guys a lot. Yeah, I, I know that without you three, the game would be different. Um, I know it'd be different for our kids, and, and so if anybody out there has any interest at all um, in becoming an official, uh, reach out to us at Sacred Hoops, and we'll get you in contact with one of these three gentlemen or somebody else in your area that can help you um, get involved in it. A great place to start with your junior high games at your local schools if you want to get your feet wet. Um, youth tournaments, they're always people like that are always looking for help. And uh, if you're really serious about it, we'll get you connected with the people that need to be connected. So any party shots, Sam? No. Um, appreciate it a lot, guys. Thank you. I mean, some really great words of wisdom, honestly. Uh, I just coached seven games on Saturday for our, for our younger kids. And what we try to preach so much is control the things that you can control, you know. And officiating is not one of those things. 
Um, and Chris, you hit the nail on the head. The worst thing that I hate hearing from parents the second we get off the court is, oh man, but those refs were horrible. And I just cringe, think about it every time. It's like, you know what's horrible? Your help defense, you know, let's talk about that. <laughs> so yeah. there's so many different things that go into it. Yeah. And the first thing, unfortunately, um, unfortunately is the refereeing once in a while. But um, again, guys, thank you so much. We know what it's like nights and weekends. I mean, it's not, it's not an easy thing. You devote a lot of time. And, and like you said, I mean, it's not for the money. It's, no. it's not, it's for the love of the game of basketball, uh, for the love of the kids and, and the love of, of South Dakota. So thanks again. I appreciate you guys making time to come in tonight, especially. Well, for Aaron and Chris and Steve and for all of us at Sacred Hoops, we just we really appreciate everybody following what we do and following Sacred Hoops basketball, and we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. So God bless and have a great weekend. Thanks.